With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. The governor gets his second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. His Excellency Governor Martin Roper, along with the premier, the health minister, and the chief medical officer, got their second Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine this morning. He continues to encourage everyone who currently qualifies to get the vaccine. So far, more than 7,000 people in Cayman have received the COVID-19 vaccine. And Mr. Roper says although vaccine supplies remain challenging across the world, the United Kingdom is committed to supplying Cayman with a, quote, proportionate amount of the vaccines they are procuring for the U.K., according to our population size. Cayman's second batch of 10 to 11,000 doses arrived on the British Airways flight. Today. Leader of the opposition, the Honorable Arden McLean, and elected member for Northside, Ezard Miller, say they have filed a motion of no confidence seeking to remove the Honorable McKeeva Bush as Speaker of the Cayman Islands Parliament. The opposition leader says the motion comes after the Speaker was recently given a suspended custodial sentence for the assault of a female and the, quote, refusal of the unity government to take action against their colleague. Mr. McLean says it was hoped the Speaker would have, quote, done the honorable thing and resigned. Mr. Miller says he is sad that the members of the unity government, especially the women MPs, have chosen to remain silent on the issue. Deputy Leader of the Opposition and MP for Newlands, Mr. Alva Saku, meantime, announces he will contest the Cayman Islands general election in May as an independent candidate. Mr. Saku was elected as the first representative for the Newlands constituency in May 2017 and says he maintained his independent status for the past four years while working as a member of the official opposition. Mr. Saku will be running for a third consecutive term. Cayman Airways says the civil aviation's decision to lift airspace restriction for the Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft is yet another important milestone in steps to return its two grounded aircraft to service. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin has more. Cayman Airways officials say they have been implementing a comprehensive series of actions designed to comply with all the new regulatory requirements to safely return the aircraft to service. The national carrier says it was the first to announce the voluntary grounding of its Boeing 737-8 fleet in March of 2019 and at the same time made a decision not to return the aircraft to service until all of the world's major regulations had conducted full and independent recertifications. While that process was underway, Cayman Airways officials say they worked closely with the aircraft's manufacturer and the Civil Aviation Authority of the Cayman Islands, resulting in Cayman Airways and the CAACI being ultimately satisfied with the proposed changes to the aircraft's design, the training requirements, and the new operational procedures. Cayman Airways plans to return the aircraft model to service in the second half of February 2021 after completing the final series of steps needed to reintroduce the aircraft to service. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. Cayman Airways says it plans to release more details about its return to service plans, which will include various activities on Grand Cayman and Cayman Brack. As members of the Public Accounts Committee continue to question those involved with the Owen Roberts International Airport Redevelopment Project, the Chief Executive Officer of the Airports Authority and Chairman of the Redevelopment Project Steering Committee, Albert Anderson, is asked about lessons learned. During Wednesday's hearing, PAC member Austin Harris asked Mr. Anderson how future expansions will be carried out to ensure the same thing doesn't happen again. What things would you do differently and would you agree that a final outline business case should be the standard procedure when dealing with major 
capital works. I think a number of, of lessons learned. The last one you said is probably the most significant one is to make sure we complete the process of a final business case. The need for continuous record of decisions and actions that were taken, I think, is also a, a lesson learned. And we went into this project, I think, with the mindset that this is the money we have, we got to squeeze everything into it. And in my view, going forward, it should start with a, what is it that we want? And if it ends up this, but we only have this, we, we, we find a way to work either with that or around that. Mr. Anderson was asked if, despite all the challenges, the project is doing what it was designed to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we got great value for money for, for what was delivered. The, the success of Cayman has proven that we're probably going to have to do more earlier than we thought we would. From 2014 to 2018, the growth of passengers through Owen Roberts was about 45 percent, much higher than the projected 2 to 3 percent per annum. I think now we have a terminal in place that can handle that capacity. And, you know, it's not just about the size of the terminal because we can build it twice as big as it is now and we might still have congestion if all the traffic comes in at 1 o'clock on Saturday. So it's about looking at ways to mitigate that outside of construction. The $74 million project was flagged by the Auditor General for significant cost overruns and delays after the Public Accounts Committee requested a review of ongoing renovations. A performance by Cayman's Elite String Ensemble as they helped to officially open the Cayman Arts Festival 2021 at a reception hosted by His Excellency Governor Martin Roper at Government House. We're delighted to host this event for the Cayman Arts Festival. I know it's been going for 16 years and probably the, the biggest and the best in the Caribbean and making a really strong contribution to coaching, nurturing and mentoring um, our young sort of talent as we can see tonight what an impact that is having. So from me and from all of our community, a huge thank you to everyone at the Cayman Arts Festival for what you do. Now in its 17th year, Artistic Director Glenn Ananga says the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic have created new opportunities to focus on showcasing the wealth of local musical talents. Our first event next week is one we can all relate to as it is. It celebrates the work of Leila Ross Shire, our newest national hero and cultural icon who penned the Cayman National Song, Beloved Isle. Other events include Cayman Youth Choir Beatlemania event on February 12th and a French CAF and Literary Arts How to Write the Book You've Got Inside You event at the Georgetown Public Library. For a full schedule of events, tickets, and more, check out caymanartsfestival.com. Cayman joins the international community in observing Data Protection Day today. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego has more. Cayman's data protection law came into effect on September 30th, 2019, which includes important rights for individuals, including the right to be informed about how personal data is being used. Individuals also have the right to request corrections to inaccurate personal data, to object to direct marketing, and to request access to their personal data. The DPL also sets rules for the use of personal data by public and private sector organizations based on eight core principles. Those include fairness, adequacy, retention, and security of personal data data processing, among other requirements. The DPL requires personal data breaches to be reported to the ombudsman and the affected data subjects. The most common data breach notifications involve instances where emails containing personal data have been inadvertently sent to unintended recipients. Individuals who have concerns about how their data is being used by organizations can make a complaint to the ombudsman for investigation under the DPL. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. 
The Ministry of Education, Youth, Sports, Agriculture, and Lands names John Gray High School's head boy and energetic community volunteer Jelani Hansen as a proud of them honoree for his achievements. I've seen the billboards and it's crossed my mind several times maybe I could be up on there one day, which is why being here feels so surreal. Like I'm ecstatic, I'm very happy to be here, I'm very humbled to be selected as a proud of them honoree. Many people have contributed to my growth and I thank all of them for that. But I feel like the people that have influenced me the most are my parents. They've shown me love, discipline. They've shown me dedication and hard work. And I really appreciate them for all of that. They've definitely made me into the person who I am today. You can see Jelani's profile in its entirety at the Cayman Islands Youth Services YouTube page. This is the 12th round of the Proud of Them program, celebrating the achievements of our youth. You can see them showcased on billboards on Grand Cayman and Cayman Brack. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. Good evening. With a look at Radio Cayman's local sports, I'm Dion Anglin. The Carifta Games has been postponed until July 2021. Carifta athletes will have to wait six months before competing at the regional youth games due to travel restrictions being lifted in the summer. NACA Council met with the organizers in Bermuda and have agreed to postpone the Carifta Games until July, July 2nd to the 4th. So um, the Carifta trials here, the qualifiers, we're having discussions among the executives members to postpone that as well, to move it to a later date. So I believe the season will be extended for our local athletes, so they'll have more than enough time to qualify for that event. Now, this simply means the athletes who did not qualify for the Carifta Games will now have ample time to do so. But for those who have already made the qualifying standard time, CIAA President Lance Barnes says some are a bit disappointed by the change. Some of the athletes I've spoken to, they're a bit disappointed because, you know, some of them qualified from last year. So to have it postponed for another two or three months is quite disappointing. But nevertheless, they're training every day and they do have time now to even get better. Um, they'll have time to put the finishing touches probably in some of their sprint events or field events. So they'll have time to even prepare better and they're looking forward to it. So I believe they should be okay. But with more time comes more preparation. So weekend meets will continue at the Truman Barton Sports Complex and this weekend CIAA will hold its all-comers meet. Mr. Barnes encourages all track athletes to come out and participate. The all-comers meet is one of our usual track meets. Meet we have on a regular basis every weekend, every Saturday. It's open to the public. The public are welcome to participate in the event that doesn't have an age category. We do have age category for our current athletes. And also, we're encouraging those athletes, probably in the primary schools, who will be participating in the upcoming sport days and the inter-primary to come out and participate as well. The meet starts at 10 a.m. this Saturday at the Truplex. Caymanian show jumping athlete Chloe Fowler was named reserve champion in the 1.15 meter adult amateur modified jumper division at week one of the Winter Equestrian Festival, WEF. As Radio Cayman's Paula Cal reports, the tournament was held at Palm Beach International Equestrian Center in Wellington, Florida. On her way to being named reserve champion, Chloe Fowler and her mount Lady Mariah BH bested 22 other starters to win the $2,500 stakes class. The pair were fourth and eighth in the other two classes in their division. This past weekend for week two of WEF, Fowler moved up to a higher division with Lady Mariah B.H. and they placed 12th out of 48 competitors in the $10,000 1.25-meter NAL Low Amateur Owner Classic 
and 13th out of 78 entries in the $1,500 1.20-meter low amateur owner jumper class. Fowler, age 18, is taking a gap year to compete in Florida before starting university in the UK. In January 2020, before lockdown, she made her international show jumping debut at the Palm Beach Masters, where she placed fifth in the CS12 1.20-meter $2,500 Bainbridge Tour Final. The Winter Equestrian Festival is one of the largest and longest-running equestrian events in the world, and it attracts many international athletes competing at the highest levels of the sport of show jumping. In 2021, it will feature 13 weeks of competition from January to April. In addition to Fowler in the USA, Isabel Smith, age 21, has been representing the Cayman Islands in international show jumping across Europe in the 1.20-meter and 1.35-meter divisions on her two horses. For Radio Cayman Sport. I am Paula Cal. And the Cayman Islands Little League will host the One Team, One Dream Capital Improvement Project community launch event this weekend. Derek Bolingbrook, Program Director at Little League, is asking people to join them to learn about their exciting renovation plans and how you can be a part of their project. We're very excited to get a point to share with the public about our One Team, One Dream project, which is a field replacement project happening down at the Field of Dreams. We have four baseball fields that were originally built in 1998 and typical fields have around a 10 to 12 year lifespan. So obviously this year being 2021, we are about 10 to 11 years past due from when a renovation potentially should have taken place. So here we are in in 2021 after an interesting last year and we are ready to uh, move forward with our big field replacement project, which we've called the One Team, One Dream Project. I'm very happy to say that we've raised over $1.6 million already within the community and some of our partners. And we have a total goal of $2.1 million to help Help with the full field replacement projects and some additional beautification around the fields themselves. So this Saturday happening, we are having our kind of our community launch to start to share with the public some of our plans and some renderings of what the fields will look like and provide some information on how the general public and community could assist with uh, reaching our goal for the project. The meeting is this Saturday, January 30th at 9.30 a.m. at the Field of Dreams. That'll take us out of Radio K-Man's local sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.